Each month, three to four and a half million employees quit their jobs, and one third of new employees quit after about six months. This is a huge problem for so many organizations across different industries. Employees are clearly in the driver's seat now, and they're driving themselves or flying themselves to other organizations that they believe truly care about them and where they see greater opportunity. Some employers experiencing this exodus are being reactive and making some common mistakes that could be avoided. I'll cover just five today. Stay tuned. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome to this episode of CEO on the Go. I hope you've enjoyed hearing the past few episodes with the interesting guests I've had lately. I think they've really been um, exceptional. So I encourage you to check those out if you've missed any lately. Today, I'm doing a short episode on a topic that I can't not talk about. Uh, It's coming up in almost every conversation I have with clients lately in different industries. They're concerned about losing their talent uh, as well as attracting talent. But today's focus is on employee retention. Uh, Some people say, you know, the great resignation is really the great migration with people going where they really want to go to to work for companies who they think believe in them and where they sense that they can grow. And so today I thought it would be helpful to to just focus on some of the common mistakes that I see. Um, Maybe you see those in your own organization and you can make some adjustments or avoid them altogether, ideally. But I thought that I would just point out some of the, the common observations that I'm seeing in my role working with organizations across different industries. Number one is what I call the, the delegation mistake, where companies are delegating the responsibility to one person or even one area. Typically, it's HR or talent management. It truly is an organizational issue where everyone needs to assume responsibility, every leader at every level. Um, the problem with assigning it to to one person is that typically, given what's been happening, they're either overwhelmed or not equipped to take on all that's required to achieve the results that organizations are looking for. So I can't stress enough how important it is to see this as an organizational issue. The organization needs to own it. Number two, I'll call the stagnation mistake. Or another name for that might be the the holding pattern mistake, but it's when organizations are keeping people kind of stuck or stagnant in a role simply because they feel like they need those people to just keep doing their jobs to keep the engine running. Um, In a lot of cases, they really haven't had the time or they're not sure how to anticipate what's needed in future roles or how to even change roles in the future. It will become more and more important for organizations to look at creative career pathing ideas. I've been working on the HR.com advisory board in the area of internal mobility, career development, and succession planning. I may have mentioned that on another episode. And, you know, it's this is such a huge opportunity for organizations to become more strategic about how they are using internal talent, how they can increase internal mobility to help keep people. 
In fact, there was a report that was produced not that long ago that might be of interest to you that gives some statistics on the research that's been done in this area. You know, for example, in the area of internal mobility practices, 75% of the participants in the survey said that they agree or strongly agree that their organization's process for managing internal mobility is effective. But when you look at the other data, it shows very few people say that their culture supports job mobility. Very few say that there's actually considerable mobility within their organizations. A couple of the causes that they cite are managers who are not encouraging movement and also lack of positions to move employees into. So the mistake is keeping people in jobs because you think that they need to stay there to kind of keep the engine running when there needs to be a lot more movement within the organization. We'll include a link in the show notes to the full research report, and you can also access it by going to workmatters.com forward slash HR. Mistake number three is what I'm calling the survey mistake. And this happens often when organizations sense that there's a problem, they immediately want to send out some kind of large survey to get input from people. And while there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself, you need to be aware of some of the uh, the downsides of surveys when they're not designed well. Sometimes they can reflect bias unintentionally. Oftentimes surveys can't get at the real truth of what the matter is since sometimes employees are reluctant To be honest, uh, they're afraid or they don't feel safe, depending on the culture of the organization. Some employees don't know how to articulate what some of the real issues are that are concerns or problematic. And then another issue with surveys, too, if you are in an organization that does a lot of surveys, is people experience survey fatigue. You know, it's just like, what's the survey of the day or survey of the week? So it it can give leadership the satisfaction of thinking that they've done something to address the problem, but instead they've ended up with a ton of data, often that they really don't know what to do with. And worse, it can create an expectation among employees that the organization will address concerns that are revealed through the survey process when they're not in a position to be able to do that, or at least not quickly. Like I said, of course, not all surveys are ineffective. Um, In fact, that, you know, The work that we do can involve surveys from time to time, but it it needs to be done strategically uh, and less of a knee-jerk reaction. Um, Mistake number four is what I'll call the status quo mistake. And this is one that I think a lot of organizations don't realize that they're making. They're saying things like, you know, we're we're offering hybrid work opportunities or we're giving people more time off. And so that's a real perk. You know, people will want to work for us because we're offering these things. When in today's time, that's actually baseline now. That is a fundamental requirement if you want to compete. It's, it's what employees expect. So organizations need to be thinking differently about what they have to offer, how they can go above and beyond and stand out and not just meet status quo. Admittedly, some organizations say that they're not even up to status quo, that they're just trying to catch up. But the point is to not see what you're doing as uh, something that's standing out when it's really just fitting the baseline at this point. And then the, the final mistake I'll address is what I'll call the training mistake. And again, there's nothing wrong with training, but when it's viewed as a, a, a solution to a problem and other alternatives haven't been explored, then that can be a mistake that's often made with good intent. I hear employers say, well, if we have a problem, then we need to do more training, or we just need to hold a workshop. We just need to teach them something to help them perform better or to fix this problem. 
So I caution you to to catch yourself if you get into the we need training or we need a workshop fix. Um, some employers, a variation of this, say we need a mentoring program or something where we can show that we're supporting employees. Some of the more savvy executives that I'm working with understand that putting in some kind of traditional mentoring program may not be the best solution, that they need to kind of uh, modernize their approach. A lot of times mentoring programs can backfire when you are not uh, pairing people in the right way or when you don't have clear expectations or when people are too busy to meet with the, the mentee. There are all kinds of problems that can occur with mentoring programs as well. Um, instead, the real issue may be that you need to redefine roles. There could be misalignment of talent, um, you know, not the best fit for the right role. So, you know, the real issues likely have more to do with the need to redefine roles or create new career pathways or even redesign the organization as opposed to jumping to the training solution. So those are the the five mistakes that employers tend to make. Sometimes they make the delegation mistake, handing it off to one person or one area as though it's their responsibility. Two is the the stagnation mistake where they're not allowing people to move um, internally in the ways that they could. Mistake number three, I'm calling the survey mistake. Number four is the status quo mistake. And then number five is the training mistake. So those are just some quick areas to think about and to, to ask yourself some questions around, you know, what are we doing? Uh, are, are we doing what's most effective right now, given the pressure that we're under? How can we take a step back and be more strategic and thoughtful about the process? So with that in mind, I think there are three key areas that leaders should be focusing on to help address the employee retention issue. I'll call them the three L's. One is listening, listening intently, objectively, listening for understanding. Um, it requires listening differently about what employees really want and care about. I started my business, Work Matters, over 20 years ago based on the belief that work is one of the most important parts of life and that people want to do purposeful work. And so I still spend most of my time listening in organizations, asking questions and clarifying to truly understand what matters to clients, to leaders, to employees. It's something that more leaders can do is simply listening for the sake of better understanding, not even taking any action at this point, but just for the sake of understanding, having that clarity of perspective. The second L, learning. You know, one survey found that 94% of employees would stay with their current employer if they invested in their long-term learning. People want to learn. Your best talent is highly motivated and you know that they want to learn. Oftentimes they're seeking resources outside of your organization for learning if they're not found internally. And like we said earlier, in today's environment, they're more likely just to leave. What specifically should you be learning about? Learning about yourself those you can lead, how to create conversations that facilitate trust and belonging, how to create cultures that foster all of that. Um, you know, what matters to people, what their personal aspirations are, that's something else to explore, to learn more about. Some people, uh, many people actually have trouble articulating what it is that they really want. And they haven't been given the time or the safety or the opportunity to express what their aspirations are. So make your own learning and development a priority. It's one of the main reasons I started this podcast to be a resource. And then finally, last but not least, the third L, 
leadership, assess your own leadership. How would you rate yourself? How are you doing right now in today's environment? And what about your team? What's something that you'd want to improve or leverage better? Taking time to think more clearly, like being more inquisitive versus quickly coming up with actions or answers, which is often taking people down a path that's really not going to produce the results they want can be such a problem. So many leaders don't make it a priority to build in quality thinking time or brainstorming time or strategizing time. You're constantly hearing messages about you know needing to move quickly, which is true. And you also have to take a step back and spend more time thinking in new or different ways on your own and with your team to do that. So the role of the leader is changing given the new paradigm that we're in. And you know what, what might that look like for you? I'm thinking that it will be a leader who's focused more on listening and learning. So all three of those L's go together, listening, learning, and leadership. I think that we'll be seeing in the future more people-focused leadership, more human-centered forms of leadership, leaders who are focused on the whole human being and well-being. And that's actually a great opportunity. As one of my previous guests emphasized, we're now in a phase of reimagination. Your leadership opportunity is to reframe the problem, this problem of employee retention. You've got to provoke new thinking, new ideas, and new approaches to solving problems. Try reframing the employee retention problem as a new opportunity and commitment to help employees thrive or to create an exceptional employee experience or something else that works for you. Just don't panic and and jump to the knee-jerk reactions like the ones I mentioned at the beginning that create those mistakes. This is your opportunity to be less reactive and more strategic. Before I sign off today, I wanted to mention a new pilot program that I'm excited to have launched called the Leadership Lab. It's small group virtual learning designed for specific organizations that want to develop and retain leaders. Uh, Leaders have the opportunity to engage and build relationships, learning on the go in real time. So I'm, again, I'm super excited about the opportunity to serve organizations in this way. If you're interested in learning more or being part of one of the pilot groups that I've launched, just let me know. Send an email to gail, G-A-Y-L-E, at workmatters.com. And in the subject line, just put leadership lab, and that way we can follow up with you. So that's it for today. I hope these insights have been helpful. And as always, I'm happy to talk about whatever challenges you're facing. Feel free to reach out anytime. As you continue to navigate these challenges, I wish you the best, uh, regardless of whatever industry you're in, and encourage you to stay positive and creative as you're looking to the solutions that will serve you best. In the meantime, have a great rest of the week doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.